about that time, about that time, about that time, yes, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. We can broke from outside. It's the three. Auburn men talking Auburn men's basketball. Oh man, he didn't miss the other night. Three for no frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Final seconds of the quarter, Holloway, he can hit from that range. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys, we are back with everybody in Zoom. We got Matt, we got Ben, we got Ryan, we even have Jonathan from Redmont Vodka here. It is the 101st episode. Auburn just beat the Virginia Tech Hokies 74 to 57. Uh, you know, I said it's the 101st episode. We didn't get to be on the 100th episode. Only met, only Ben made it to that episode. We're celebrating tonight a hundred episodes of the jungle. When me and Matt started this back in the day, it was just us making phone calls back and forth to each other. And we said, why don't we record this? We need more Auburn basketball content. Since then, we've interviewed Bruce Pearl, Sonny Smith, uh, Wes Flanagan, Stephen Pearl, uh, Horace Spencer, Anthony McLemore. Uh, Coach Burgermaster, Coach Pruitt live in Brooklyn. We've done a lot of great stuff. Who else? We've got Simeon Bowers, uh, the great uh, director of communications, Marlene Navore. We've had the sports rabbi on. We've had Lee Miller Tooley from uh, Complete Sports Management. We've had Jonathan from Redmount on. We've had so many great guests on. Sorry if I'm forgetting some right now. We put a post up about it. It's been really exciting. It's just been, you know, SCC championships. We've just had a really fun time on this. It's been a great time for us as friends to get on and talk about our passion over basketball. I hope you guys follow along at home. I hope you feel a connection with us. Reach out anytime. Leave some reviews. We're just so happy to have gotten here to 100 episodes. It was easy peasy because we enjoyed ourselves. Uh, to celebrate right now, we have John Redmont Vodka on. He's going to teach us how to take or make a shot here. And we've made a lot of shots tonight, and he, we're going to make another shot tonight with Redmont Vodka. Take it and celebrate our 100th episode. John, yeah, welcome. Man. I appreciate the uh, the introduction, man. I am uh, very honored to be a part of this hundred hundred uh, episode, man. It's kind of uh, you talk about going back to the beginning. That's kind of where I feel like I came from here at Redmont. So this is a company we started, you know, with a couple of buddies back in the day, and then got Charles involved, and here I am talking to you guys, talking about Auburn basketball on this win tonight. So we're going to celebrate this win tonight with what we. Uh, what we talk about the always shot. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of Redmond vodka. We're going to do some triple sec, a little bit of uh, lemon juice, and some uh, blue carousel, guys. Mm. Yes, love it. So, Jonathan, Jonathan, do you want to tell us a little bit about this bottle that you sent to the uh, to the boys of the jungle? I do, I do. So the bottle that I sent to you boys is a limited edition bottle that is only available in the Auburn market, right? So this bottle is the color and the color of the Auburn Tigers. Is We have the orange and blue label. And then we replace the, um, the Vulcan with the um, statue of Charles Barkley out in front of Neville Arena, right? So really commemorative and really trying to represent our support behind this Auburn University. 
whether it's basketball, all sports, man, really, really behind this program. I don't know what the technicalities are, but according to this podcast, it's the official vodka of Auburn basketball. And if you you want to celebrate a win properly, then you got to make this shot. So, John, tell us how to make that shot so we can celebrate properly the 100th episode and this big win against Virginia Tech. Okay. All right. So we're going to start with a little bit of Redmond vodka. I don't have one of those community bottles. I have a handle with me right now. What's are available. So you're going to do about an ounce of the Redmond vodka. You're going to do about half an ounce of the triple sec. Okay. I'm a fancy lad. I'm using Cointreau. There you go. Well, we're not that fancy over here, but yes, <laughs> yes, 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 sir. Um, and we'll post this recipe online for everybody. We're hoping this can be how we celebrate many more victories to come. And honestly, if you don't take this after every victory, a shot of this vodka, I'm afraid you might be the reason we lose the next game. So make sure you do it. It is the Aldi shot, right? So we're finishing with the right. blue carousel to give it the blue, you know. So a uh, um, little bit of lime juice, 0.5 ounces of lime juice, and then 0.5 ounces of blue carousel. And I'm mixing it in my Auburn – Neville Arena Cup a, here at the game today. If you're like Jackson and you are struggling to find uh, or have never heard of Blue Curacao, you can find it at most liquor stores. It's a good mixer. Um, I'm going to see if I can get my background taken away here so we can actually take a look at it. It's a citrus liqueur. There you go. Ooh, that's right. Real nice for mixing. Proper colors. Orange and blue right there. That's right, baby. That's and, right. and it will make your shot blue, which we all know, Auburn basketball. Blue blood, blue shots. Come on. And I don't have the proper shaker, but I have two Auburn cups, so I. Can oh, that's dust. proper to us. That's proper to us, right there. You know, maybe one, two, okay. Then take your Auburn cup. Or. And guys, toast it up if you've got your shot. This is to the hundredth episode of the Jungle. Thanks for tuning in, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody. Man, I love Auburn and Charles Barkley. Wow. Only can Man, he that dunk. shot was really good. That went down easy, fellas. <laughs> that is the that, that shot is almost as smooth as Denver Jones at the free throw line. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys know we like to get into the game almost immediately. It's been a little weird start to the year. We've had live uh, podcasts from Brooklyn. We've had solo podcasts. I swear we're going to get back to our regular schedule pro- like, podcast that we do. We don't usually have so much stuff at the front end if you are a new listener. Uh, but, you know, when it's the 100th episode, you got to celebrate a little bit. So I wanted to pass it around real quick to Ryan, Matt, and Ben and get a quick thought, maybe one of your favorite moments, anything you want to say on the 100th episode. Then we'll get back to Jonathan for a quick cocktail and a quick story about Redmont, and then we'll go into game breakdown. So here we go. Who wants to start? Matt, probably. Matt, you want to start off with just a little thoughts on the 100th episode? Um. Are we talking about this game or the hundred episodes? Hundredth episode. I want to hear you or the or did the whole pod last hundred okay. episodes. Uh no, it's been great. Uh I know it probably seems like we talk about the interviews a lot, but that's because that's probably our favorite thing as regular fans, getting to talk to a lot of these guys. Um, so it's been great. And to see the audience grow. Um, we actually got our like Spotify rap stuff today podcast, which is always cool to see how many people are listening and have found us this year. And we hope there's a lot more uh coming this season. Ben. You know, uh, I, I was a fan of the podcast before I was a host and, uh, you know, uh, an annoying social media guy for everybody. 
And I got to say that my favorite memory is still hopping in with Matt one day to fill in while Jackson was on the road. And uh, Matt and I had a great conversation. It wound up being a really fun podcast. And now you can't get rid of me. I got to say, me and Matt were, you know, going back and forth on the phone for so long. Oh, and we got such a good chemistry with the interviews and with the pod going everything. I was like, I'm going to bring in my friend Ben here. We're going to see how it goes. It's going to be a chaos agent. And that first episode and everyone since has been like, man, nice. It worked well. So I'm glad to have you, Ben. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It's been, it's been a ton of fun. You know, Jackson, you know, I'm a, I'm a basketball junkie. I've been my whole life. So this is uh, it's fun to to deep dive into into some numbers, into schedules, projections, predictions. Uh, it's been a blast. You know, honestly, I think what's been a lot of fun recently that I think we should do a lot more of has been in the streets. You know, I think that's where <laughs> things really get kicked off, and where we can really take this podcast to different levels. Uh, it's just having you know Ben take a mic outside of Neville Arena and get some instant game reactions. Which I might have to do, and that's Listen, fine. Get- I'll, I'll I'll do that. I'll you get a few more shots of Redmond Vodka in me, and, and we'll make it happen. Ryan is volunteering man on the street content. If you guys want to see man on the street content, let us know in YouTube and let us know in the comment section or the reviews or whatever it is in the podcast, because that would be a new thing. That's not something that Ryan be, does every day. Ryan, that would be tell hilarious. Me? I'm glad, so glad you're on the podcast. I think Matt didn't speak for everybody. So glad you're on, Ryan. Can you briefly, really quickly tell him what game we went to in high school, and we were the only two down to make it to that game? Baylor 2008. NIT stem, uh, quarterfinals, lost to Baylor. My grandfather took me in Jackson. <laughs> that was the best of the best of Auburn basketball when we were in high school. We thought we might could go to Madison Square Garden in the NIT. That was the coolest thing that could have ever happened. Look at us go now. We've been to a Final Four since, all these SEC championships. It's been quite the run. Uh, all right, well, that's our little breakdown for the 100th episode. Thanks for you know, sticking around for that. We'll get to the breakdown in just a minute, but we do have our friend from Red Mount Vodka on. I want to talk about a cocktail he's going to tell us about. And I want to just, can you break down a little more? You know, I'm seeing the, vo- the bottle here. It's usually got the Vulcan on it. Now it's got the Charles Barkley statue on it. Can you tell us the connection with Charles Barkley and Red Mount Vodka? Well, of course, of course, Jackson. First off, I want to thank you guys for reaching out again and having Red Mont and Jonathan a part of, what you have, you, you guys have going on, because obviously it's something that all of you are passionate about, man, and and that's what Redmont's about, you know, being passionate about and, and supporting the people that's supporting them. So he's showing that 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 regular bottle, and this is the one with the Vulcan. So the whole thing behind the Auburn uh, package was, um, you know, just support the people that are supporting you, like we're doing now, guys. You know what I mean, like. Charles Barkley come in. This is a company I started with some guys back in the day in 2015. Charles Barkley came in, bought the company, and I switched over and I run all production distribution. So, you know, when when, when Charles got involved, everybody that's involved with the company really wanted to, you know, give back. And so this is our way. Charles is very involved. Charles is very involved in Auburn. You know what I mean? Like he comes to the games, comes to football, comes to basketball games. So this is something we wanted to kind of – give back to him and also give a little brand recognition as well at the same time. So we, we don't always get this, this brand recognition as Auburn fans, some other national brands get things like this. Not every school gets its own vodka with its Charles <laughs> Barkley statue on there. I think this is really special. I know a lot of people grew up collecting certain Coke bottles with uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. on it with Auburn logos on it. They keep it for years. I think I know there's more 
liquor companies than there used to be and everything. But I think it's super special to have an Auburn specific bottle like that to have on your shelf. So I just think that's so cool. So tell us about this, uh, this cocktail here. hundred percent Jackson. So, you know, we obviously, once again, we want to partner with people and like really get involved and integrate our, uh, ourselves with, you know, what makes sense here and Auburn makes sense here. And so we partner with Southeastern here in, uh, in Auburn. And so we, we are in all the Southeastern lemonades that are served from here on out. Right. So if you go to Southeastern Bar, they have a Southeastern Lemonade, and we are in every lemonade that they serve. Um, those guys there have been really supportive of the brand, of us, of people, of Charles, and we just want to return the favor, man. So it's a it's a really great cocktail if you guys are out game day, basketball. I know they have a DJ going on tonight. I was going to broadcast from there, but I think a DJ in the background probably wouldn't go as good. You may not be able to hear me as good as you could right now. The so. sound guy thanks you. Yes. If, yes, you, if yes. you listen, if you listen to our live show after the SEC championship with Dylan Cardwell live at Tumor's Corner, you'll know how great it is that Jonathan did not attempt to do in the club because the sound <laughs> is key. Uh, you know, I think it's Bruce keeps talking about and he's been talking about for a while now, make history at Auburn. Part That's of the right. fun of college basketball and college sports in general is the traditions. It's getting to get together with your family. And part of the fun, like making history right now, and Auburn's such a, I mean, we've got history as a basketball team. We do, but we all know we're making history right now and we're making traditions right now. Doing the free throws, AU, that just happened. But, you know, 20 years from now, these college kids, us, it's that we're going to keep doing that. We're making traditions. So I think it's fun. I'm hoping we could help make a tradition here with Red Mount Vodka, supporting our guy, Charles Barkley, who's done so much for the university. Me and Matt have talked about it several times. You can't ask for an alum better than Charles Barkley. We have no I mean, great history in basketball, and he reps us constantly for decades and decades. Yeah. He makes a vodka like, tradition. No idea. Drink a shot after a win. It's Dude, that easy. No idea, man. He is he is supporting for the university. He is supporting for this brand. Charles is way more off screen than he is on screen, man. And and and, and he's the real deal. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't need to tell everybody what he has going on. He just let that that's just who he is. He you know, he does what he does and contributes across the board, man. So could not be more happier with the partnership we have. So um our, our white our white whale for this podcast was Bruce Pearl for a while. We didn't think we could shoot any higher than that. We've gotten coach head head coach Bruce Pearl to come on the podcast. Our next white whale is the Charles Barkley. If we can ever get Charles Barkley on, that would be amazing. And we will ask him about the detective Charles Barkley comic I have right here. One of my great friends found this in LA at the flea market. There is a Sir Charles Barkley and the referee murders. And I need to know how this came to be. So if you ever hear this from This is the first time I've seen this. You're going to have to send me some pictures of this. Yes, I, I, it I is beautiful. Questions next time I see a well-told it. story, you know? Charles Barkley solving crime <laughs> of the referee murders. Beautiful artistry in here. So if you ever talk to him and you say, "Hey, I got went on this podcast say, and they brought up some deep cut Charles Barkley referee murders comic. Maybe that'll get him to come on." I mean, maybe that's the same thing as everybody keep keep wanting them to run for governor for Alabama, right? You know, kind of like solving all the issues, you know what I mean? Getting down to we the need him. so. He's just one man, but we need him everywhere. That's right. 100%. <laughs> and just a reminder, uh, Redmond did send us uh, the next best thing. 
<laughs> Charles Barkley's face to appear on the podcast. What's Sir on the Charles? Back of that song there? Uh oh. Hold on. Oh, it's too white. Hang on, I got to turn my virtual background off. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Mal vodka. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. And well, I Jonathan... did want to mention the uh, the MB... MVP of this of this game and podcast and this um, all be shot right. So that's Johnny Broom is obviously the MVP of this game and this shot and this hundred percent. You know how big of a of a thing naming the MVP is. How much we discuss it. How we have to we have to break it all down. But when we have Red Mount Vodcon, you know how big of a deal it is to give him the right here to name the MVP. Johnny Broom here with the MVP performance. Jonathan. Thank you for coming on. Yes, guys. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. You guys have a good night, man. Take care, Jonathan. War Eagle. Yes, sir. War Eagle. War Eagle. We just got done beating the Virginia Tech Hokies 74 to 57. I'll have to admit it. I had a work function, so I did miss the majority of the game, and I heard it was a great one. So what I'm going to do is lead this discussion kind of like an interview to hear what happened. We just beat the ACC SEC challenge. I heard a rumor, Matt, that someone scored 30 points. Yes, our boy, uh, Johnny Janai Broom. Uh, we also heard some Johnny Broom in the Live in New York episodes. That was fun. Um, Janai Broom was dominant. I mean, just dominant. They had really no answer on both ends. And uh, the other thing I would throw in there, I text the guys this, like getting off to an 18-4 to start in a game that was kind of ugly offensively and got weird at times, makes it a lot better to have a double-digit lead to kind of cling to as things stay ugly. Ben, thoughts? Is Jonai Broom, was that right, the MVP choice? I mean, it's not even close. We had a a gentleman by the name of uh, Chad Baker-Mazar, a friend of the podcast, who uh, he he put some amazing effort in. He very nearly stole the show with what would have been the most thunderous dunk since Chris Porter uh, rang it in the rim, but it, it's it's like Matt said, they just had no answer for Janai. And in a game where he was facing a marquee center um, in La, uh, uh, in Lynn Kidd, he his defense was just as good as his offense. He controlled the boards. He got whatever he wanted offensively. He had a thirty piece tonight. What more can you say? Do we know when the last time a player scored thirty points for Auburn? I, I see it happen over and over again against us uh, too many times. I see a lot of what was it? Sorry. Jabari in that Vanderbilt game. So two years now, that's a special talent. Jabari Smith, a, a top three pick lottery guy. So it's really cool to see Jodai Broom come back and do something like that. Now, how did he accomplish it? Yeah, like I said, I missed most of this. I'm hoping I can kind of play like, I, I think a decent amount of fans either want to bring it out after they see it, but they do want to also see that there's people that want to know what happened when they don't get to watch. So what happened? Zero threes, Jackson. Zero threes. All dominant inside. Some good uh, fast breaks. He ran the floor really nicely. We got him some sick passes. Jalen Williams had an early behind the back and on the fast break. Um, he He's kind of sneaky athletic. You know, he even got up for an alley-oop that you would have loved, Jackson. He got up above the rim. Um, and he was eight for 13 at the line. So he got to the line a ton, drew a ton of fouls. It was just kind of a classic um ben did a good job with our graphic talking about their big man it was a really good kind of old school battle that broom won you know 70 percent of the time 75 percent of the time 30 points 13 rebounds how many blocks did he hurt i think i heard on East three blocks three blocks what a stat line can you imagine this a couple years back when we thought that bruce pro would never get a great center and here we go with 30 points here and walker kessler two years ago and joe and i broom back to back like this 
You heard the announcers yeah, talking about it. This was very much an old school inside matchup. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I was just, just going to say, I mean, I think 10 of Jedi's points were were in transition, which was crazy. Early on, uh, Virginia Tech turned the ball over so much, uh, and he was just absolutely tearing and streaking down the court. You know, you mentioned that alley-oop from Aiden Holloway. Um, there was a couple other alley-oops in the half court. But once the game really slowed down, I mean, I, our, our offensive identity turned to – to Janai, and he was also cleaning up the glass so much um, off of miss miss baskets. Uh, a lot of putbacks we probably should have made. You know, first first attempts. I think there was a couple of Cheney layups, a couple of KD layups should have went in, and you know he was just there cleaning it up. I mean, he was just absolutely dominant. And look, we're gonna have to have some of those games this year. You know, I, I think we have some guards that are gonna continue to get better and may have some nights like this. And it's really nice that we have a guy down low that can continue to do this. And he's probably going to keep getting better throughout the season, right? So having someone like him, I don't think this is going to be his only 30-point game this year. Like, I really don't. I think he's got two or three left in him. You answered it before I could even ask it. I was going to ask, is this a repeatable performance? Was this a unique situation where it's repeatable? Wow. So without any threes, without any threes also. But here was the difference between this year's team and last year's team. Uh, Virginia Tech really keyed off of Aiden Holloway this whole game. They made his life difficult. Ryan and I were talking about all the different looks they were throwing him early. And he was very frequently being double teamed at the top of the key. So who's leaving him who's leaving to help guard him? It's one of the guys inside. And he was able to find Janai on that quick pass before the trap closed in so frequently. And that was one of the problems we were struggling with last year. When our point guard got trapped, where were we going with the ball? Mm-hmm. Zero, zero points from Aiden. O of seven from the field. Looking at a stat line, it looks terrible. But was this, was part of the reason Janai Broom scoring 30 points? Was it, was they, were they trying to take away Aiden and left other things open? What happened? Somewhat. I would say they were running a lot of guys at him, especially off the screens. Like they were doubling him off the screens. Uh, and um, he just wasn't looking for a shot really either. Like it was, it was very, it was, it was a weird game because they were, you would think they would try to take away our inside game. Right. And they, they did not like, they were just running us off the three point line and trying to take that away. But yet we were still getting some good looks at the three. It, it was, their defensive game plan was very weird. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't quite get it. And where Aiden's game really evolved tonight was on defense. Uh, he forced three steals. He was very aggressive. Honestly, between him and Trey, he looked like the better of the two defenders tonight. So it's nice to see that version of his game take a step. And yeah, he didn't shoot us out of this game. When he missed a few threes early, he actually started going and driving into the lane, which drew defenders to him and opened some stuff up later. So we're seeing more elements of his game beyond just being the pure scorer that we know he can be. Jackson, this was a classic throwback to uh, the last, really really last year and maybe three years ago where we were two for 16 from three as a team. So nothing. I was about to ask, how did we win by 17 points shooting 13% from three? Flying Tigers, steals, blocks, athleticism, defense. This was the most collective effort that I – and getting to the line, Ben. I'm glad you mentioned that because – um, I didn't know much about Virginia Tech, but you could tell immediately once the game settled into a half-court game that that is where they're comfortable. Their defense in the half-court is really solid. They, uh, Jackson, you know, like this stat they talked about. Damian Fishback on the call, shout out. Auburn alum. 
Um, Damien Danger Fishback, as they great, say at the end of the great, broadcast. Great, great announcers tonight, by the way. I thought they were both great. They love Neville compared if, to... If you know Damien Fishback, can we get him on the pod? We need to get former Auburn legend Damien Fishback. We've had all these legends on. Where is Damien Fishback? But Virginia Tech had made more, 15 more free throws than their opponents had attempted this year total. So they do not foul, and they get to the line and make their free throws. So for us to go to the line 36 times, it wasn't just Janai. It was Chad Baker-Mazzara. It was um, somebody else. Denver Jones. Denver Jones. So we were getting to the line, and honestly, we were just so physical and athletic that it was just putting them in some really difficult situations. And we had a lot of guys shoot free throws tonight, but our top three guys of Janai, Denver, and uh, CBM who got to the line most frequently, 19 of 24, that's almost 80% from the line. That's winning free throw shooting. Can I, can I also point out, point out something, too, that I think is very interesting? Um, we talked a lot about before the season, and it, look, the opponents, opponents we played haven't been – you know, the best, let's just say that. But I think we had some questions about our defense, and there's some times where we are critical of it. They they leave a lot of open shots, a lot of stuff like that. But overall, our defense, our adjusted efficiency on defense per Kimpom right now is ranked 11th in the country. Oh. 11th with this team, with this depth, with this length. And the coach for uh, Virginia Tech, Mike Young, after the game said, Auburn's long, they're athletic, we didn't handle it well, and we we were shut down immediately from the start. I mean, that's just – that's an ACC team that is going to be probably a bubble team this year that we just completely used our length, had a terrible night from a lot of our wings, and just absolutely dominated this game. I mean, it was it, – it's such a weird game in, in a sense, but I think this defense that we had a lot of questions about are continuing to get better each game, and – there were some very frustrating – I think Ben and I were talking in the middle of the game. Like, there were some moments where Trey Donaldson would just let guys go right past him. Like, we have a lot of those. But overall, like, when we lock down, we can lock down. And that's that's encouraging moving forward. And it was – the... It was contagious watching yes. our guys, like, defend and get out and run and force turnover. And you, it, you could really see all ten guys at different points of the game, like, feed off that. It really did feel kind of old school. Tony Barnhart says, nice, nice win tonight. Good defensive plan tonight. Their best shooters on the perimeter. Big Jernai was a beast. Aiden was quiet, but he will get much better. Chad Baker doing Chad Baker things. WDE. Love to hear that Chad Baker is developing. You know that's my guy I'm watching all year. So already hearing people Dude, he say showed out. Chad Baker well, hang on, doing we, Chad Baker things. That's amazing we gotta, to hear a couple games in. We got to talk more, about the more. most important thing. Oh, oh we got to comment. One more, okay, one more comment because I love it. Willie Whitelaw, as you've seen on the streets of Brooklyn, he says, Hokies got gobbled. Thank you very much, War Eagle. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. Willie, Willie, Willie already knows the title of this episode. We got to talk about the most important thing in CBM's game tonight, which is that he went off the floor at some point with uh, a dislocated finger. Was it his thumb? Uh-oh. Who knows? Hard, hard, hard to say. He, he came back on with a, a wrist brace, and it was post uh, getting his hand looked at by the staff that he nearly had the most thunderous dunk in Neville Arena history. Um, is so like defying injury, defying the odds, continuing to develop as our man off the bench. He finished with 15 points tonight. He was our second leading scorer, but more importantly than that, he absolutely stuffed the stat sheet. I'm going to try and bring this up here because he was all over the place in terms of giving assists. He was there giving rebounds. He was a defensive menace against Virginia Tech's length. I think they wanted to come in here after the game against FAU and get into a rock fight. 
because they did not shoot well against Florida Atlantic, but they were still close until FAU blew the doors off. And uh, Virginia Tech got the game they wanted. Um, we were not shooting well. We were not playing well from outside. The problem was they just didn't have an answer for us inside. Chad Baker Mazzara finished five of 10 from the floor. He had four rebounds, three assists, like, and he was perfect from the free throw line. What Zero more can you ask for from your wing? Zero turnovers. I know Matt, I know, I know Ben loves the five for five from a free throw line. He's been really smooth with the free throw line and he's been picking up a lot of free throws, which is great for the hundredth episode. It's actually the hundred first episode, but celebrating that we've had a hundred episodes. We want to have a couple guests on, including Jonathan Redmond, but next will be hopefully if it lets him in. Oh, it's the menace. The menace from is it, it hasn't let him in yet. I think, but well, welcome to the podcast. Oh, he's connecting audio. Hey, why he's connecting? Can I throw another stat? One more yeah. stat? Give it to us. This is the first time Auburn has held an opponent to 60 or less points in four straight games since 2007. Wow. Wow. Okay, making I'm going to throw another. Making history. I'm going to throw another Defense. stat while we're getting our audio corrected. You want to talk about winning the stat battle? We had eight turnovers tonight. Less than double-digit turnovers is always winning basketball. Virginia All right, Tech, welcome. 21. All right, welcome to the pod here. Pablo Escobarner, the famous Twitter. Pablo Escobarner is on the pod. He's come on the pod. He was one of our first guests to come on the pod when this first started, and we're glad to have him back. What do you think, guys? War Eagle. War damn, bros. How y'all doing? Good, good. What do you think about the game? What do you think about Auburn? That, um... For a game where really nobody played well aside from Janai and you basically kept them at arm's length, double digits, and wire-to-wire, easy, smooth dub, that feels really good. <laughs> it's just like that that was a pretty easy win, all things considered. And, I mean, well, I think it was like 30, 35 minutes, 36 minutes of game time, and Jalen and Aiden combined for zero points, and we were winning by like 14. I mean, that's – it's little things like that, like – this team is damn good and the potential is through the roof. We still got to put some things together and, you know, get some of the chemistry in the mix, but yeah, like it's, it's a very fun team and that's refreshing after what we've had to watch the last, you know, last couple of years with a lot of the guard play. Pablo, are you on a, are you on team Ryan here saying that we're going to be a top four SEC team this year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good. Absolutely. Good. Cause after all the, yeah, I try to, the- and I try to view those things, even outside of like a homer bias. But when you watch the games and you see the teams and you see the depth and the rotations of the other teams and, you know, some of the other weaknesses that's out there, it's it's hard to imagine. Because, I mean, a lot of the teams are going to be able to beat each other, you know, especially when you're playing on the road and whatnot. But it's just hard to imagine losing enough to fall out of that top four now having seen some of the other ones against, like, legitimate teams. Now, Pablo, Wait, I got to have a little... Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was going to say, like, we, we've seen teams the across the SEC like, not just, show up. I just realized this was off, so this feels more natural. Whoa, he shows face. I didn't we, believe you'd show face like that. You didn't have to call it out to the world. I was just, you know. <laughs> well, Pablo, we are live on YouTube. Now, I got to take... I got to take some beef here because you said nobody played well outside of Janai Broom, but I'm going here and checking, uh, checking Is your Is this really page. live on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Don't worry, man. We'll we'll edit we'll edit it out in post. No one will see it. No one. No one's watching. No one will see it. We got we got three fans, Pablo. 
All right. So thanks Pablo. for the heads up, Jackson. Appreciate that. I thought you knew we were live on YouTube. My bad, man. I look when I, I sent him the message, it. I said live and live. All right. It, well, hang on. Talk, talk about your boy, Chad Baker Mazzara. He was all over the floor tonight. He almost uh, set a new decibel record with a thunderous dunk that could not be, but he finished the game with some masterful dunks as well. Talk about Chad's game. He's uh, it's that's a very fun guy to watch. It's going to be nice, you know, when he kind of gets in the mix and gets comfortable. I mean, obviously, you can see the flashes here and there, um, you know, with what his skill set is and what he brings. And that if he would have landed, banged home that dunk off that putback, I mean, that was one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's nice, man. I mean, he really is nice. Obviously, he shot the ball well every stop he's been, you know, coming into into Auburn. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome when we figure out those rotations and who's going to be, you know play into each other's strengths and playing off of that and getting that chemistry gelled. Like he's, he's got a nice skill set and he's so disruptive on the defensive end too. Are we overreacting this early in the season? I, the thing that just keeps standing out to me about this team is how much fun they are to watch. Like, I don't know how high the ceiling is against elite teams. I'm still have some questions, but like they are so long and athletic and when they defend like they did tonight, and it was a great to see in a night where they're not shooting well. Like, I just think I'm having so much fun watching this team. Honestly, a lot more fun than I thought I would. I'm not overreacting. Yeah, it's, it's a blast. Pablo, you're you're like a, in my opinion, you're you're a cultural leader of the Auburn Twitter army, just in general. What's the vibes just, out there? What are the memes looking like? Help set the tone. Yeah, no, it's um, it's fun, man. I mean, it is, and I mean, especially when you are starved for something that's enjoyable after. After the last couple of weeks, you know, it's like you get it ripped away from you. Could have had some happy moments to carry on into the offseason. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Basketball is always fun because you get a couple chances at it each week. So that's great. So so after after watching some of these games so far, I don't, I'm not overreacting at all because, look, Matt, like me and you we were watching the Alabama-Clemson game last night. Game last night. Like, Bama is soft this year. They are soft. I, I fully, they're 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 weak down low. You know, we were pointing out games where Janai may have another thirty point, another thirty piece chicken McNugget meal. That's going to be another game. Like I'm, I'm serious. They're they're so sweet down low. There's a lot of teams in the SEC now that have been exposed of the past few games, um, especially in this ACC challenge. I mean, the SEC got absolutely wrecked in this in this thing here. So. I don't think it's it's we're overreacting much at all compared to where we think we might have been you know earlier on in this year. I, I think I think we have a lot of upside. We have a lot of potential. We have a lot of guys who are still trying to find their place on this team. Denver Jones, for instance, he's you can tell it's still he has it, but it's just not like quite clicking yet. And even Aiden too, like zero points tonight. Like he he threw up in that pro day zero points, and tonight you know he had one of those nights and. But you could also see, you know, in the Brooklyn and the Baylor game, like he could turn on an instance. There's a lot of just things out there that we could figure out and get right. And I think this team has something in them that can be special at some point. And it's a great Bruce Pearl setup, right? Like no one's talking about Auburn really in the league. Yeah, it, we're not ranked. We're not that. Everybody's kind of. It just feels like a great setup for a successful, a more successful season than what the projections have been, which what's new. We've, we're projected kind of low every year at this point. Right. Flying, flying have been under the radar for sure. And it's it's one of those things where most people that, you know, with that first game, if you beat Baylor, that, that catches a lot of notoriety. 
But the casual fan honestly has already forgotten that that game has even happened. You know what I mean? So you're still flying under the radar. You got the one loss. You're not going to get those votes like this point in the season. So, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got an opportunity to make some noise and like kind of come out of nowhere. So let's get a moment to, to react to what's going on around the league here. Georgia Tech beats ranked Mississippi State in the SEC-ACC Challenge. Notre Dame, who plays for the ACC in basketball, uh, loses to South Carolina. South Carolina stays undefeated. Syracuse absolutely trounced LSU 80-57. Kentucky upsets Miami. Uh, Missouri beats Pitt in overtime. Ole Miss triumphs over NC State to stay undefeated. Clemson defeats Alabama in uh, the Coleman Mausoleum. North Carolina tops Tennessee. Virginia beats number 14, Texas A&M. Wake Forest finishes over Florida. Arkansas does beat Duke at home. Got a little bit of magic there. Uh, Boston College beats Vanderbilt in Nashville. Pretty big. And uh, Georgia goes on the road to defeat Florida State. So, thoughts? Wolf. (laughs) It's a big wolf. It's a big wolf for the conference, but I think it bodes well for us continuing to um, be considered part of that upper upper echelon in the basketball. What did uh, what did it end up in the challenge? Like seven to seven or something like that. All right, let's see. I somebody somebody talk while I do the math here. So, how are we feel about Sunday? Is that, is that a trap game? At App State. App State. I don't know much about App State to be quite honest with you. I don't know if anybody does. Jackson's favorite going on the road to a team like that. Well, just in case you haven't been watching, we do this every year. We pick a really odd game to go yep. away on App State, South Alabama. Davidson, NC State, there's always a St. Louis couple. Like they, they, they do it for a reason. I think it really is a, a we've had Burgermaster on twice. I don't know if we've asked him this question or not, but clearly they try to get one away game. South Florida, they try to get one away game in before the SEC, which not every school does. And we struggle every time to play offense away at these. So it's usually a good like learning moment, I believe. I guess St. Louis is probably the best offense we did. That South out that South Florida game a year or two ago. I think that was with our best SEC championship team was brutal. I think we scored like 50 points or something. Still won, but maybe it's like, it like 57, 54. Katie Johnson was the hero in that game. So uh, you, you're right. We actually split. It's seven and seven. So even okay. wins, even losses. Well, there's some good, really good games in there too. But uh, yeah, the two, the two that I love to see ended up the way that they needed to. So that was great. Pablo, are you are you going to the games? Are you you're attending most games? No, I haven't been to any yet this year. I'm gonna hopefully try to get down for the Chattanooga game, um, and then obviously going on into the conference slate, try to get down for some of those. Is it easier to go to away games than it is to home games these years? Definitely cheaper. I won't I won't say easier because I mean I live in Birmingham, so it's like I usually try to go when they play at Bama because I mean it's a very short drive and it's just nice to have a bunch of Auburn fans in there any anytime anyway. Um, but yeah. Pablo can't stop docking himself on this episode. <laughs> I want to know this one from Pablo. A lot, a lot of people thoughts I, I hear from Pablo, I believe, <laughs> is a, like I said, a cultural leader amongst Auburn basketball fans. We are trying to get a retro game off the ground. We want retro jerseys with the Tiger Stripes from the 98, 99 yeah, team. And we want cool. it played in Beard East Memorial. What do you think? That probably won't happen, but I can see the Jersey <laughs> thing happen. Believe, believe, Pablo. It will happen if we manifest it. I, I spent many days in there during bad weather days 
at flag football class at Auburn University. Um, and softball. Softball class I also took as an elective, which was nice. So Beardies, Beardies has been kind to me. Um, I, it would be really cool. I mean, it would be a cool thing to do. I just have a hard time seeing them infrastructure-wise actually hosting a game there and packing it out, you know, with – there's just no way. Matt, you were in Beardies this weekend. Can you tell us, did you spot any infrastructure issues that just this thing couldn't host a one-time-off event where we maybe – ribbing off some seats that aren't right or whatever. I, I we think it's happen if we wanted it to. I think it's more the things you can't see in there that are a little more concerning, perhaps. Um, I will say it's funny because on game day, uh, you know, for other sports that go on on campus, a big one that just happened, uh, you know, the doors are open. Like Ryan was talking about how they're always open, but people were going in there to use the restroom and just walk around and take a picture of Beardies. It was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. There were yeah. like 20 people inside. Uh, I walked through uh, on the bottom level. I just walked in and was walking through like the dark, fully dark uh, hallway and then just out to the court, you know, and they had a sign in the mid court that said court closed, stay off the court. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> anyway, seems, I mean, the, honestly, maybe it's just because it was empty, but it, it looked fine as aesthetically, like for a throwback thing, but I don't. Think yes. We asked Matt to dunk down there and he refused. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see the net? Over. Did you see the net in front of the uh the ceiling tiles at the very yes. top? Yes, I did see yeah. that. Yeah. So, was, the, so we have what? a net. So we've got a net, so we're good. <laughs> that I, I, net is from falling tile and asbestos. Do not yeah. take engineering advice That's from the incredible. jungle podcast. Just make everybody sign a waiver and you know. <laughs> Let's let the tigers fly one more time in beard eaves. Come on. <laughs> I like the idea. I do like the idea. It's a nice nostalgic piece that would be really cool what do you think about the jersey idea do you know what i'm talking about the 98 oh, tiger yeah. stripes no i that just would love be beautiful those. they should they should do that i think they should be able to make that work pretty easily we had Derek turner from under armor on to talk about these new uniforms that we really love but we could not say we he did he was not aware of the 98 99 jerseys which i was hoping by now they might be aware we were trying to Get that out there, but it's the 25th right. anniversary of that number one seed SEC champion team. So I doubt there's any chance we get it in the 25th anniversary this year. I just, you know, we had the 90s nights or the 80s nights or whatever in Auburn Arena, and people seem to love it. I see the bucket right. hats everywhere. I just figure if we go, went retro for one night, people would go nuts. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, Pablo, any, it's, other it's... Thoughts on, any other thoughts on the team, on this game, anything you want to talk about? Um, Virginia Tech, I'm not sure how good they actually are. I mean, they got a couple dudes that could shoot, but, you know, we were very clearly – it's just always nice when you can play against, like, a power conference team and you're just very visibly the better team. Like, that just that just gives you a lot of a lot of solace. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely underrated in general. Um, I mean, even what – I mean, I think we moved, moved up a little bit in Kim – yeah, I mean, we're number 15 in Kim Palm. So, that's – that says a lot. And I think I that's still built in with some of the preseason priors as far as the offensive rating goes, you know, which is number 30 right now. Like there's no way it's that's the number 30 offense in the country. Like it's, it's better than that. We heard, or at least I heard on the CBS uh, all around college basketball podcast, one of the best college basketball podcasts other than John Rothstein's. And they talked about literally Nate Oates, team that he's still ranked or that team's still ranked basically because they believe in Nate Oates that they gave him the benefit of the doubt, which annoys me to hell. 
Right. Because yeah, we have Bruce it's the Pearl. Exact opposite. Yeah, it's yeah the Bruce exact Pearl opposite. at Auburn. It's crazy. I know it's not been perfect. I know we had to take that weird 2020 year. I know last year they almost struggled it, but you believe in Nate Oates over Bruce Pearl? I just, I don't see it. It irritates me that they're literally admitting that's why no, they're, they're going to get exposed this year. I, I thought so coming in, and I feel very vindicated having seen them play two power, power conference teams the last two games. They're going to be absolutely cooked on the interior. That's oh, yeah. that's a fool's gold offense that's been putting up a lot of shots and a lot of pace on really bad teams that don't play defense. And when they play people with athletes that can guard them on the perimeter and slow down those guards even minimally with the absolute nothing presence they get inside, they are going to get cooked. They're losing multiple conference games by 20-plus. You are You heard it first from Pablo Escobar on the Jungle Podcast. Before I let it's, you go, I want to say – I wanted to say thanks for coming on. Like I said, you were one of our first guests to come on to talk yeah, about man, the Twitter Army. So I love having you awesome. on. Uh, last thing I was going to ask you, because it was such a big deal two years ago, and it's still a big deal, the memes. Have you seen a great meme that you want to describe to us before you go? Oh, Lord. Put you on the spot. Yeah, no kidding. Hold on. Let me see. Anything was, you've come was... up with, anything that's, that's – you know, not everybody's on Twitter. I just got on Twitter literally for – this jungle podcast to learn from the community. And so I, I didn't know about this. You just hear about it. So I'd love to hear, you know, why, what reason there is to be on there. And I refuse to call it X by the way. And don't, yeah, don't I ever never, make, me. I never refer to it as X either. Yeah. No, the one I, the one I made tonight to post in the replies, because I mean, obviously it's Virginia tech, but it's Virginia polytechnic Institute, you know, is where that name comes from, which obviously we used to be Alabama Polytechnic Institute. So I just, it was like an aerial shot of campus in Sanford Hall and like the football stadium in the background. I put the little Auburn logo in there, made it, you know, discolored it, deep fried, blah, blah, blah. And it just says, you just lost to the South's premier Polytechnic Institute. Yes, sir. Just little things like that, right? I just love the deep fry. I'll never get over the deep fry. You can deep fry anything. I'm going to love it. Anything, man. Food, memes. Anything. Yep. <laughs> so, Deep Pablo, we may, is great. we may not have asked you the first time that you were on, but now that you've got you here, we're trying to get our white whale on the podcast. The man Mr. Charles? himself, Sir Charles Barkley. Can you look into the camera that we can't see and say, Charles Barkley, please come on the Jungle Auburn podcast. Charles Barkley, please, on behalf of the fan base and the pod and every everyone else involved, please come on the podcast, bro. Please do it. War Eagle Pablo, thanks for coming. War Eagle, fellas. War Eagle Pablo. All right, we're going to have back-to-back guests here, guys. We have It's celebrating the 100th episode, so we have to bring back all guests that we had before. We've had Jonathan Redmop, we've had Pablo Escobarner, and now we're welcoming in the VP of the Auburn student section here. Michael Floyd is on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We had him on. A long time ago, another one of these guys we've had on very early in the podcast. It was so great to come on. Michael, welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Can y'all see me? <laughs> Not yet. We can't, but last time that was an issue. <laughs> so feel, feel free to share your video or not. And we're live on YouTube, Michael. Oh, the way. So- we go I, live now. I am trying to turn this camera on. Of mine, I'm not trying to hide my precious face from you. <laughs> oh, but how are y'all tonight? Oh, there we go. How are y'all tonight? Hey, Michael's on the podcast. War yeah. Eagle. War Eagle. I, as you can see, my voice is halfway gone. Even when you win by double digits, I still yell. So, 
Yeah. Michael, so, if anybody's watched Auburn basketball on television, I'm sure they've seen your face on the sideline leading the jungle crowd. You know, um, it's an honor. It's a blessing. Many people don't know this, and I'm kind of surprised. But I've kind of been very puzzled about it. So this year, I am not in a leadership position of the jungle. Uh, I am a retired. I'm in a retirement and just decided to focus on focus and have fun on my senior year. I'm out of here. I'm out of here in May. So I let the other guys have it. But you best believe I'm still an active voice on this campus, and I'll do anything for Auburn even after the days I graduate. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, Michael. I guess he's not leadership anymore, so we got to let it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thanks for coming uh, on. <laughs> we know, I, I, I we know you're going to keep going buck wild anyways. Yeah, hey. because look, I'm still Auburn super fan number two, so I got, I, I got a little bit to it. Hey, Michael, you know, fun fact about myself. I don't know if we met. My name is Ryan. You know, I was the vice president or president of the jungle in 2013, 2014. And part of the reason why that was the case is that I was the only student at the games. Uh, I was the only one there. I was the only one cheering. And uh, so it's, it's awesome to see that there's now, you know, it's packed every single game. Because yes. when I was a student, there was no one there. You know, I, I, I think that goes to show you um, what Bruce Pearl has done here at Auburn. And I think it also goes to show you what how much Auburn has invested in the sport of basketball. Um, at other schools, uh, they invest in tennis matches. But here at Auburn, we invest – in the greatest home court mm. advantage in the ACC. If I, can, if I can read for a minute here, we have a quote from Mike Young after the game, who has actually coached at Auburn uh, four times. I don't know how many times he's been in Neville specifically, but he's coached games at Auburn, Alabama four times over the course of his career. And he said those first three crowds wouldn't have come close to equaling what they had out there. What Bruce Pearl has done is remarkable. They got a great outfit, and they're really explosive offensively. Yes. And, you know, I just think – I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and say Auburn does have, to me, have one of the best home court advantages in the SEC, if not the country. I've been to a lot of places in the SEC. I even been to Rupp Arena last year. I don't think Rupp is – Rupp is very overrated, in my opinion. Um, now, tonight, tonight, only tonight, I give credit to Arkansas. Arkansas had a phenomenal crowd when they played Duke. But Arkansas always shows up for the Super Bowl, and that's one game a year. So if it's not the Super Bowl, Arkansas fans are not going to show up in droves. And it's still, it, it's not an elite environment. I mean, look at when Auburn went there um, in 2022, number one in the country, on this hot win streak. It was their Super Bowl. They packed it out. They still in the field, kind of like they did today. Um, but on a consistent basis, if you look at a consistent basis, that's Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. And this year, even Sundays, the jungle never arena is packed and it's always loud. I'm totally with you, Michael. It annoys me to see some of these lists where Arkansas is getting put above now when they weren't there just a couple of years ago. And now all of a sudden they're popping up. We've had a couple of those now where they popped above Auburn and we always just get points deducted, I think, for how small our arena is. And they can't yeah. understand that that's actually a better situation. You're on top of the players and you're always going nuts. Somehow Duke always, just as small, always gets to have that benefit. Of the exactly. doubt. They don't care how small it is. They get how wild well, it is in there. But for some reason, I think they get kind of stars in their eyes with how large right. some of these other venues are. So I think you're right. That's well, the right I, where we're consistently, uh, like always there, always packed, always wild. Yeah, sure. Against a right. 20,000 person crowd, it does look different. 
But when you have it consistently like that every single night, that it's going to be number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do, too, with with your quote-unquote primetime matchups, right? Like, you know, as, as Auburn fans, we point back to that Kentucky game back when Jabari and Walker were here, where, people, where, where Pearlville or whatever you want to call it started. You know, that's when – I think we we peaked as 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 an arena as a student section where you know we were at the game and it was just ear piercing. Um, and, and for us, you know, Michael, I, I live here in Auburn, so I go to all the games. You know, for us that are here, we're spoiled by it a little bit because we uh, are a part of that environment, you know, so often. But you know, from fans of their teams that like aren't a part of it they don't quite get it and it's not like a destination that fans are like let's go to Albert Arena because we don't have that history or Neville Arena we don't have that history yet that like Bud Walton right. or, or or Cameron has and I hope one day we get there you know and I hope we go to another Final Four and then people are like you know what I do want to go to the game another game at Auburn and I think it's coming soon you know I, I hope that's gonna oh, be yeah. the case Michael, oh, you know, yeah, you, absolutely. I guess you're a senior now. You've been around Auburn. Like, you've seen some amazing moments in Auburn basketball now. I know we want to see a national championship and a Final Four and things. Is there anything you haven't seen in the arena that you want to see this year that you're like, man, I've been oh, dreaming for this, and I just haven't quite got it in our senior year, and now we need to get it to Michael? You know, I kind of – I really shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because we won't do it because we're past that level now. But we've done, we've beaten Kentucky, we've beaten Alabama, we've been number one. But we've, since I've been here, we've never stormed the court. We've never stormed the court. But sadly and gratefully, I'm glad um, we don't, don't, we're not going to do that because we're past the point to where we storm the court. People storm the court for us, not the other way around anymore. Yeah, I love you. I stormed the court once. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was it was Kentucky it was Kentucky 2016 I think. Okay, I love I, I love when Bobby Little basketball tweets out that 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 day that scene that was awesome. Um, Kareem Candy, Simeon Bowers, Tyler Harris, yes. all those guys. You want to talk anything fun. about oh, yeah. you want to talk anything about this game, Michael? What'd you see out there? Absolutely, you know. I love Bruce. I love Bruce. I love this team. I love this staff. Um, some people I, I know on social media, which is ever evolving, ever changing. You know, people remember that. Well, your best player, Aiden Holloway, he went oh, oh for seven. He, I don't think he had a yeah, point. Oh for seven. Um, is that concerning? Of course, it's concerning. You know, he's your point guard. He's your five star point guard. Um, but to know you still won without him really producing any points, that's kind of promising. Um, I think you also have to look at what uh, Janab Room accomplished tonight. Absolutely dominated the paint. Um, Denver Jones getting his 1,000 uh, career point. I mean, things things looked really well. I, I, to me, personally, I think we could have shot the three a little bit better tonight. Um, and I also think we dribble a lot. Maybe it's not a bad thing, but I, you know, I'm, I never played basketball. I was a water boy in high school, so I don't really know the ins and outs of the X's and O's on the court. But I just think there were times to where you dribble too much, passed up on a shot, dribble too much, didn't pass the shot, didn't pass the ball. Um, but I think those are things that are going to improve. Like I told somebody, 
it was a little rusty towards the end of the first half. Kind of a slow start within the middle of the second half where we kind of got back in the groove of things. And you want to see that in early December. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see that going into SEC play. But I really believe uh, this team, they have some tough matches coming up. Um, matches, this is not tennis, I'm sorry. They have tough games coming up. Um, let's see, Sunday, Appalachian State, that's going to be another test. Um, then Indiana and Atlanta. Um, USC here in Auburn. So Auburn has some more challenges ahead of them, which is great, and which is, when, which is what you want to see before SEC play. Michael, we just had Pablo Escobarner on. We've had the Under Armour guy on, Derek Turner, talk about jerseys. Oh, yeah. We, I'm not as famous as those guys. So, you know, if, if, I, if I took a hit to your viewers, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, just ordinary strong, student. strong disagree. It's just getting late. You ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> what, but what, oh, I, what, I, what I want to know is we want to bring back the 98-99 striped Tiger Stripe jerseys, and we want to play a, a throwback game in Beard E's Memorial. How can we get yeah. the students behind this idea that we need a throwback game, either just for the jerseys, or if we could pull off Beardy's Memorial, you know, you, I asked if you hadn't seen anything in Auburn Arena that you haven't seen before, something you wanted to see. How about playing one Beardy's? That might be, you be know, the last student I've to ever been, see another game in Beardy's. Oh, yeah. I, I've even inquired and asked about that. Um, oh, we got an inside source here. He is a cool, he has asked know, about it. Yeah, I, I, I really have asked about it. And like the throwback game in Beardy's would be great. However, Beard East is just not structurally sound to host the basketball game. And they'll have to but be it, but a structurally lot sound. Of shush, 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 shush. We, we, we didn't bring you here for engineering. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know wheelchair basketball uh, plays in there. So you can play wheelchair basketball, but you can't play real basketball. You can have people working in the offices, but you can't have basketball. Yeah. Because truthfully, let's be honest. The minute we say we're going to pack that play a game, and let's say the game is against an SEC opponent, that place is going to sell out. It's going to be packed to the brim, and I don't think yes. it can hold. I don't think it can hold its true capacity. I'm I, okay I, with I'm okay with the lower capacity. I don't know, know how much so, lower it is, but even um, even half the capacity is still bigger than Auburn Arena, right? Just for one so more game. It the retired be, Jungle VP bringing us back down to earth. Yeah, <laughs> I did. But um, it'll be great. Now, the jerseys, you know, maybe if we get, you know, maybe jerseys in the near future, if we, you know, stick with Under Armour, go somewhere else. Um, that, I mean, the jerseys, I think that'll be a, a cool idea to see. Well, it's um, the 25th anniversary of the 98-99 number one seed SEC champions that wore that Tiger Stripe jersey. So I'm just trying to see if we can get the students behind it. <laughs> you, guys, you guys have gone nuts for the bucket hats. Could you imagine oh, yes. the tiger stripe jerseys? Everyone would, would need that. That'd be the next fashion trend on campus. So we just oh, gotta yeah. get That'd you guys awesome. behind it. That would be awesome. And, and like, man, this team, this team in Beard East is just man. I really want us to put a game in. I want us to put a game in Jared Hand. That's what I want. That'd be incredible. I, mean, I have to look up the last time someone, I guess the carrier does in Syracuse does that all the time, but that's what, outside, that's what I want. They I tried mean, the tumor. They tried tumor's corner, which was an amazing idea to do the half court in tumor's corner. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to quite work out with the weather and everything involved. But it was a great idea. Oh my! I, just one day, just, I, I, I don't know how to work it. 
Because you, you, you're going to have to have a backup plan if you plan it outside. But, man, just imagine playing a Kentucky or an Alabama in Jerry Hatch Stadium for basketball on the largest jumbo triangle in America. Wow. Michael, we love, the, we love that you dream big, and we want you to help the Jungle Podcast dream big. We have a yeah. white whale of a guest that we haven't had on yet. Can you look into the camera and ask Sir Charles to come on the Jungle Opera Podcast? You know, uh, Charles Barkley, you know, big fan. I'm a big fan of Redmond Vodka, if that helps. Um, so, uh, Charles, I hope you come on. These are good guys, and they love Auburn just as much as you. So, I hope he can make you drop by and give y'all a visit. Thanks, Michael. Michael. It's, it's very nearly midnight in Auburn. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Today, tomorrow, always. War Eagle. War Eagle, Michael. Michael. Thanks. Ben, Ben's trying to rush us off here in our 100th episode celebration. I'm having a great time. I think Matt's having a great time. He, he doesn't have anything to do tomorrow, I'm sure. Same with Ben. But, man, it's been a fun ride so far. We didn't get quite as deep in the stats as we usually get. If this is one of your first episodes, we usually break down even deeper get into it faster, but we had to celebrate that 100th episode. I think at the beginning, Ben does the intro. It says, no frills, just ball. We had to have a little frills these last couple episodes because we've had a lot of interesting things going on. So, Matt, Ben, any last thoughts on the game or, or the, in the future? I have a couple game thoughts real quick. Yeah, get them in. I'd, I'd love to hear more about KD and Jalen if you had those in your game thoughts. This has been fun, but uh, I gotta admit, I miss I missed the nerd the nerd uh, stats. We got we got to get in a rhythm here. Um, That's why we bring you on, Matt, for the nerd stats. So, I mean, twenty one turnovers, Jackson. We forced twenty one turnovers. We only had eight. Ben mentioned that thirty to five points off turnovers. Like that was the difference in the game. That and Broom, obviously, but getting out, getting running. Great to see. I, I I was just so encouraged by the level of intensity on defense. It, there were still breakdowns. There were still issues. There always will be. But um, really excited to see that. And then uh, this only shows seven blocks. At one point in the game, they showed like 10 or 11 on the telecast. So we were swiping things all over. Um, and then the only other note I would say, uh, again, like Jackson didn't see this, but we had two guys with three fouls in the first half. So KD had three and Jalen ended up with three. So we had a lot of movement. Trey played the two guard with Aiden for a while. Chris Moore played three and four both. Uh, Leor got to play some minutes um, while all that while Chad Baker was out. Um, and I will echo the CBM love um, that uh, this is the first game where I was like, okay, like I, I see a lot more than just, the athleticism i think he did he's, he's rounding into form and then uh trey donaldson been trey i think there was a point in the second half early where we just could not score uh we were really struggling it was kind of choppy and trey uh had a great like end of shot clock isolation one-on-one -on -one, got a good floater and then hit a three the next possession and uh man just what a luxury to have guys like chad baker mazara trey donaldson uh, coming off the bench. I mean, it's just um, – and, and KD continues to just – hey, KD, I'm looking at the stat line is six fouls. How did he get six? He got a technical down 20 when he fouled out. Yeah. There, and that's what happened. <laughs> he um, also he, – he I, like, I didn't he even know that was possible in college basketball. It's not. <laughs> if, we if it's not possible, KD will do it. Exactly. 
we we did this crazy thing that we've been doing a lot this season that I hope we start to lock down eventually, which is that when we get up, we get more aggressive defensively, which ordinarily is something that you want to see. But for us, it winds up, we don't realize the refs are going to start calling these regions when we're up by 15. And that happened a lot. The KD, it happened a, a fair bit to Jalen and CBM. They both picked up some easy fouls there. Classic, classic KD. Like if if you just look at this stat line, KD looked like terrible game. He was all over the place. He he was he's filling his role so well on this team. I mean, how quickly we forget when he first came to Auburn, we were relying on him to score at the end of games and stuff. And he's just not going to have to do that on this team. He's he's uh he he's really. It seems like he's fully. I mean, we'll see. It's only been a few games, long season, but for now, he's filling his role really well coming off the bench and I can't say enough about Denver Jones like he's not scoring a ton but to me I was more concerned with him as an all-around player can he defend if he's going to start for us at the two is he big enough is he strong enough is he sharing the ball enough and he has he's just kind of he reminds me of Jalen honestly how he's playing right now just very he's letting it come to him he's not uh, being a ball stopper and uh, so that's been really nice to see of all the newcomers I think I might be most impressed with Denver Jones outside of um, maybe the three-point ability of Aiden Holloway. Yeah, it's been huge to see Denver drawing contact and then finishing with his free throws. That seems to be where he's getting the majority of his points this season. We were out-rebounded by Virginia Tech, 44-40. to 40. Um, Some of that was just being a little bit sloppy late, but we crushed them in some other stat categories. Virginia Tech was like us. They were rising rapidly in assists. They'd really turned around their passing game from last year. They finished with seven assists tonight to 21 turnovers three turnovers for every assisted basket they made is a crazy stat we finished with 12 so we did hit double digits we outstole them 11 to 5 so we doubled them up in steals we finished with seven blocks to their two so in a lot of meaningful categories block party hey jack block party three things jackson top 10 in blocks still coming into this game this year so we're we're still relevant in the blocks which is great uh, we, I will start tracking that from now on. That will be pulled up every game, guaranteed. Number two, we've got to uh, – you've got to see the clip of the Chad Baker-Mazzara almost put back dunk. Oh. It, it would have been one of the most insane – I think it would have been the most insane dunk I've ever seen in Auburn for sure, like let alone – especially. Especially because when it came in the game, Virginia Tech was going on a little bit of a rally in the second half. Like, are they going to keep this game close to the end? Is it going to come down to ugly free throws? And Chad very nearly blew the roof off the doors and kind of backdoored his way into assist to Trey Donaldson on yes. a three-pointer. Yeah, so it he he went up to do a follow dunk. It went off the back rim, bounced out to Trey for a three. But if he had thrown down that dunk, it's insane. You got to see it. The other thing, we buried the lead. We've watched all these teams lose. Our text thread all the time. Oh, this team lost at home to this team. This is 48 straight non-conference home wins. It goes back to like 16, right? I mean, it goes back. Also, another fun stat, they put it up uh, during the game. Last seven years, most wins in the SEC, we tied Tennessee tonight with our victory. So we are tied for the most overall wins in the SEC over a seven-year period. Who would have thought it? Let's keep celebrating. Seven years. Seven years. Matt will always bring up the best stats. Matt loves a stat. He loves to bring up anything positive about us. He, No matter the depths of of anything that's in he'll find the silver lining stat and i always appreciate that i hope the pod appreciates it too uh let me say if they want to do any anything else you guys want to talk about here i'm good 
Good win. Good, good, good win. Odd one win. Thanks for everybody that's listened in. Uh, check us out live on YouTube. That's been fun. Uh, the more, the merrier. It's fun to have all these guys on. Man, it's just cool to celebrate a hundred episodes. I, you know, you just keep chugging away at it. It's all been just fun for us. A creative outlet. Ben's been killing it with the socials and with all the different tech stuff. Graphic design is his passion. So it's been fun to have Ben and Ryan. Man, that take that's taken taking this thing to a whole nother level to have Ben and Ryan join in. Matt, it's always we we call we used to call each other about once a week. Now during basketball season, we're gonna see each other almost every week on this. And it's been a great friendship with this. So I appreciate this pod for getting me through some darker COVID times. And we've had some big moments and some down moments. And overall, it's just been a great experience. Jackson, you're so sentimental tonight. This is this is great. You're really uh soaking it all in. It's the Redmond I'm vodka. Trying. I didn't mean Redmond earlier. Vodka. I, I still beat Charles Barkley in my bracket last year. So shout out oh, to Redmond for, for this. Yeah, if you were watching we'll, on we'll YouTube, you saw that early. We'll definitely uh, promote that again for this year's March Madness. But uh, thanks, guys. Good victory. Good podcast. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.